HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Roth Cheese, a pioneer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. For more information, visit RothCheese.com. I'm HRN's Communications Director, Kat Johnson, with a preview of the next episode of Meat and 3, our weekly food news roundup. We're fresh off our trip to Slow Food Nations in Denver, a festival that brought together advocates to discuss the future of food. And this week, we're bringing you a special episode inspired by the new Equity, Inclusion, and Justice Manifesto released by Slow Food USA. If we're going to solve food security, we need to say these people have a right to good, healthful food. But we have to do that in a way that kind of insulates this system from the vagaries of the market. Because when you're at a table with somebody, you recognize their humanity. And when somebody cooks for you and serves you food, in a way they're saying they care about your survival. How can we put things into our own hands and have the people of Puerto Rico gain real access to healthy local foods? Listen to Meet and 3 this week for our highlights from Slow Food Nations. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Cutting the Curd. This is your host, Elena Santigade, and today we're heading to the dairy state closest to my heart, Wisconsin. In 2011, American original Evalon won the United States Championship Cheese Contest Best of Show, and the dynamic family-run team at LeClaire Farms found themselves on a national stage. Since then, the dairy has expanded operations by doubling the number of goat milk suppliers, and they've led efforts to create a set of quality standards for goat milk in Wisconsin. LeClaire Farms now offers over 10 different varieties of cheese using goat and cow's milk that in all have won 27 different awards. I'm thrilled to have LeClaire Farms head cheesemaker Katie Furman here with us in the studio today. Thank you so much for being here, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. welcome to Brooklyn. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So at this point, you are producing dairy products at all ends of the spectrum. From fluid milk and yogurt to hard-aged Evalon and cave-aged Chandoka reserve cheeses. When you first got started, did you have as wide of a product spread or has your selection changed a lot over time? It's really changed over time. So just getting into cheese, honestly, I wanted to be able to be a part of the family operation and add some value back to the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't set on a specific type of cheese. So you didn't have a, you didn't have like, oh, I'm dying to make this one style. It was more a general. 
Yeah, it was more so, yeah, to be involved in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as I got involved, then it was like, oh my gosh, I want to make this cheese. I want to make that cheese. Your creativity was unleashed. Yeah, yeah. So I still would love to be able to um, do some sort of wash drying cheese, Mm. but there's so many factors into it. That can be really tricky. Although I do think... There's a there's a big market for wash and cheese from Wisconsin because it's not such a common style out there. Exactly, and and even the um, soft surface ripened cheeses is not super common from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still working on the Martone, working right. on being able to dial in and get exactly what people are looking for because. Right. Sometimes my ideas aren't exactly what people are looking for. So <laughs> so you have to balance those two when, when you are creating a cheese and it's really exciting and overwhelming at times. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's like the the spectrum of what you could do is huge. And yeah, that sort of touches on my next thought, which is, is sort of when you're making decisions about what to make, what is that process like? How much of it is informed by your own sort of innate creativity versus sort of like your setup physically or market demands or cost? Like how do you how do you factor all of that in? Well, all of those are factors. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's really interesting because the first thing that I guess I f- have to feel it. Hmm. Because if there's somebody that well, I've I've gotten this that people will be like, "Oh, can you make this cheese for me?" And you know, if they don't feel it, they just are like, Oh, well, this will be great because I thought of it and you can just make this for me. But I've found that if like that particular type of cheese isn't speaking to me, Hmm. it's really hard to dial in on all of the details that go into it. So interesting. So I've really found that it has to be a spark, you know, and you really have to understand every aspect that you mentioned, you know. Okay, so... I like I said, I would love to do a wash drying cheese. Right. But I'm not really set up to do that. Mm. So it it speaks to me. It's something I would love to do. It fits the market. People are looking for it. Um, but we don't really have the logistics to right. do it. So that's so, the piece to yeah. the, the hurdle to get over in a sense. Exactly. And there's always one hurdle, you know, and figuring all of that out, like um, so Martone, mm-hmm. when I was looking at developing that, I really, really wanted to be able to offer a surface ripened cheese coming from Wisconsin. Right. And, but the batches are so small. Right. So it's a totally different. I couldn't run it through the pasteurizer and it has to be pasteurized, you right. know, because, well, for, from like my perspective, it has to be pasteurized mm-hmm. um, because I didn't want to age it 60 days and have all of those right. extra pieces to it. So it was, you know, so I had to figure out another cheese to balance with that, and that's where Shandoka hmm. came alive. Interesting. So Shandoka so, came alive basically as an answer to how can I make a large batch, how can I pasteurize a large batch of milk, use some of it for the smaller soft-ripened cheese, and what do I do with the rest? Exactly, huh. exactly. And it was something I really want to do, created something that I was like, oh, okay, we got to figure this out. Right. And then David um, Rogers, our affineur, mm-hmm. he was able to take Shandoka to a whole new level, which I cave. only dreamt of because right. I didn't have a cave and I didn't have the expertise because when you get into cheese making, like there's one thing about talking about cheese in a vat. Right. And making <laughs> the cheese in the vat. Right. There's a whole nother world when you get into the affinage the the piece yeah. of it because yeah. – it takes it to a whole different level. 
And with how much LeClaire has been growing, being mm-hmm. able to balance all of those, Avalon, we don't um, we don't encourage the mold growth on the rind. Right, that so, rind is very clean. And- exactly. So yeah. it's so it's a little tamer to manage that particular cave than mm-hmm. if you're managing something with a washed rind or a natural rind like the where the where cave you're age. trying to foster more of this sort of like wild. Uh, growth on those types of rinds. Yeah, that's exactly. A, that's a, that's like wrangling a larger herd <laughs> of wild animals. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it takes a whole different level of expertise. Right. And some people, like depending on your size, I think, you mm-hmm. know, some people are really, really good at managing both of those. Mm-hmm. But I knew myself well enough that I was like, it's if, right. if I can't do it right, I just, I'm not going to do it. And yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's good to know what your specialty is and what you do and and then to know okay with with another area of specialization I need somebody who's focused on that. Exactly. And that's passionate about it. Yeah. Because there's people that are out there that they will they like it. Mm-hmm. They think it's romantic. They <laughs> right. think it's nice. <laughs> but they don't realize all the hard work that goes right. into it. And that's what's so neat about the Cave Age program is David not only understands that whole aspect of it, mm-hmm. but he's willing to do the work behind it. Right. And it shows in his work. So interesting. It absolutely shows in his so work. So is David, so is he cave aging on at LeClaire Farms? Is it your, have you guys developed caves specifically for Shandoka? We have, we have. And um, we actually brought that program in-house last April, in April of 2017, um, with some unforeseen circumstances that we were able to capture, and it has been incredible. And, you know, I think there's more connection between the cheese and Mm. the cave aging program with having it all on site. Yeah. Because when you send it off-site... there, you may not get that feedback right away and right. may not be able to make adjustments that may need to be made. And um, so it's created a whole nother level and opportunity for mm. LeClaire. So, yeah, definitely like shortens the or, or like shrinks the feedback loop in that sense. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So interesting. So, in addition to like your product spread and your approach on that side of things, uh, you also offer a few different experiences for visitors. And I was like super excited when I was doing some pre-show research that you even have a whole section on your website about field trips and mm-hmm. how teachers can bring their students to LeClaire Farms. So what was the inspiration for that program? How long has that been going on? And it looks like it's pretty robust in that you also develop curriculum mm-hmm. for the teachers and it and even can tailor it to students of different ages. So tell me a little bit about how that got started and how it's going. So something that's really unique about LeClaire is we're very family-owned well, we're family owned, but we're very family operated as well. Right. You have many, um, many siblings. I, <laughs> many siblings. I've heard my of parents. all of these. Yeah, this, this is quite the family affair. <laughs> so there's four out of the five of us kids that are involved on a daily operate on a daily basis Amazing. in the operation. And we all have our different expertise. So mm-hmm. um, with that, my mom was a high school ag teacher. Uh-huh. She was a high school ag egg teacher for 39 years. Wow. Um, the longest female egg teacher in the state of Wisconsin. Amazing. Yeah. Yay, and mom. Her, which, na- her name is Claire also, right? Exactly. Yay, Claire. So that's where Lara, Larry La- and Clara is La Claire. La Claire, yes. I have a question for the, about yeah. that later. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Um, my mom's dream was always to be able to, when she retired, she wanted to blow out the classroom walls and still be able to educate people. I love that. And now she has that opportunity through LeClaire huh. to be able to get rid, of, get rid of the classroom walls. She obviously understands a curriculum because right. she's done that a right. couple of times, <laughs> you know. For a few years. <laughs> and wow. be able to take agriculture to the classroom. And um, something that she learned in her career, or she saw in the transformation of her career over the 39 years was um, she taught in Chilton, which is mm-hmm. about... 15 minutes away from where the farm is. Yep. Um, and that's the town we grew up in. Very rural community. Right. And a lot of the um, kids grew up on farms. So as the ag teacher, as the high school agriculture teacher, she went out to all of these kids' farms wow. and she would meet the families and figure out what the kids were involved in and huh. really learn about that. Well, then about halfway through her career, she's, she transferred schools and she went to West Depeer High School. Uh-huh. Um, and it was the complete opposite. It was hmm. uh, it was a city, and she now was bringing the the goats because wow. yeah. we have a goat farm. Right. Um, she was bringing the goats into the classroom to bring the agriculture to the kids because hmm. most of these kids They've were very very interested, farms. but hmm. they were never on a farm. Totally different. So she was able to kind of switch that and be able to give them that opportunity, which has been incredible. Wow. Um, Something she did was, which I found really, really neat, was through the fair, through the county fair program. Yeah, Wisconsin fair programs. (laughs) Big. A big deal for us. worth a trip, (laughs) listeners, if you've never been to, especially state fair. Yeah, the Wisconsin state fair is quite incredible. But, like, it's it's the opportunity for the farmers to show off what they've been doing all year. And um, so something she did with the local county fair was she would actually bring all of her high school students to our farm. Hmm. They would pick out a goat. Hmm. They would learn how to train this goat, teach them how to like walk and go to go to the fair. Right. These kids would have to trim the animals, all of this stuff, wow. get them all prepped for, for the fair time, and then they would be responsible for taking care of the animals at the county fair. So wow. giving them an experience that they never would have had the opportunity to because they're not going to raise the animals every right, day. Right, right. So... That's where the field trip program, because at LeClaire, we really wanted to be an agritourism destination. Yeah. We really wanted to educate people on every aspect of where does the product come from and be able to give them that full experience. So you can come out to the farm, you can watch goats being milked, you can see the the cheese being made, and then you can also eat the product in the cafe or take some home. And I saw store. you also have like a, you have sort of specific events too. Like there's mm-hmm. a there's a beer dinner that yep. now I'm like dying to go to. <laughs> it sounds so good, and I love Wisconsin beer. So thinking of that with your cheese, oh my gosh, on the farm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so awesome. And you know, originally when we started these out, we were like, oh, farm dinners. And then as we got into it, we we're like, wait. We do dinner on the farm every day. Every day. <laughs> every day. Like, so that's where we really um, looked at, okay, how can we offer a different mm. experience and being able to bring in beer producers right. and pair it with the cheese? Because, you know, a lot of people do the wine and cheese. Right. But in Wisconsin, like, oh, beer we have such amazing beer. There's and incredible just, beer. And I find that the beer and cheese pairing is a lot more forgiving. And Yes. I mean, I love wine and cheese. Don't get me wrong. But... Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think that pairing beer with cheese can be so much fun. Exactly. And there's, it's just such a spectrum. And, you know, I feel like Wisconsin people get beer a little bit more mm-hmm. than they do with the wine because yeah. we have a little different terroir to yeah. raise. You know, we, we're just there's not making yeah, as there's much like, wine. There's some sweet wines out of Wisconsin that are kind of fun. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, it's true. It's definitely a beer, a more beer-focused state. Well... Now I've got to go like, let me, <laughs> let me go like book my trip here. I'm coming. Um, okay. So we've, we're hearing about the agribusiness that is LeClaire Farms in Wisconsin. And we have Katie Furman here with us. And we're going to take just a quick break and we'll be back to talk, talk about more cheese. Today's program was brought to you by Roth Cheese, a pioneer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. Roth is in its 25th year of making specialty cheese in the rolling hills of southern Wisconsin. With strong Swiss heritage, Roth is best known for its award-winning alpine-style cheeses under the name Grand Cru. Fresh Wisconsin milk, combined with expertise in affinage, is how Roth creates high-quality, great-tasting cheese year after year. In 2016, hard work paid off when out of over 2,000 contenders... Roth Grand Cru Surchois was named world champion at the World Cheese Championship. For more information, visit rothcheese.com. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm here with head cheesemaker of LeClaire Farms, Katie Furman, talking about the dynamic operation they have going in southeastern, Wis- southeastern Wisconsin. It's Malone, to be exact, right? Okay, uh, so before the break, we were talking about the multifaceted business operations at LeClaire Farms. Um, and Katie, you know, I'd like to dial in on your experience as ches- head cheesemaker a bit more. Um, okay, so now listeners, since we're on the radio, let me paint a quick picture for you. Katie and I are here in the studio and she is pretty pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard for me to not scrap my entire <laughs> show plan to just ask you about making cheese while you're pregnant. Um, so... And this is also going to be your third? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, so our first question, are you still in the make room at this point? Are you still making cheese? Yes. Okay. And how far along are you? Right now, I'm 31 weeks, so just over seven months. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. In the make room. That's, that's a heavy lift, literally. It is. It is. <laughs> so, you know, pregnancy aside, being a mother to two and now almost three... Um, it's, that's a huge lift in in and of itself. And I'm always interested in the intricacies of working moms and how they juggle everything. And, you know, thinking about that, this discussion comes up a lot, I think among men and women. Um, but, but cheesemaker isn't usually the profession that people talk about when, when they're discussing like, how do I have a good work-life balance? It's more like the corporate nine to five or something a little more traditional in that sense. So, you know, what did you expect before you became a cheesemaking mom? You know, when before you had your first sort of, what were your expectations about how that would work out and, and how has it been? Well, I guess I'm not the type of person to uh, <laughs> think about that side of it, that how is this actually going to work? I just figure it <laughs> just out as we in. go, like, we're doing this. That so, might be better. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is way better. I highly recommend yeah, it. <laughs> I, I need to. I need to go further in that direction. Sometimes I'm my own worst enemy in that sense. Yeah, because um, so with my first two, uh, my first one, we had our very first 
food safety audit the day he was born. Oh my God. No, <laughs> so I no. Called, yeah. I called my brother and I was like, it was three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, well, actually it was two 30 because I start <laughs> at three. Um, and I said, uh, Greg, this is the call you've been waiting for. So you better head in and get started so you can get cheese going before right. the, um, before the inspection. Inspector showed up, right? Oh and the good gosh. thing is, is that inspectors are nine to five, so so you had a few hours <laughs> yeah. to like for Greg yeah. to figure out what he was doing. Yeah, that's good. And then with my second one, <laughs> I went to the creamery, got the cheese started. I called my husband, and I got there, and I was like, "Hey, I, this is happening. Like we're doing this." And then so, you got the cheese started. Yeah, so I got the cheese started, and then we went to the hospital. A, a hero to working moms here in the studio. Watch out. But it's so funny because I didn't think of it at that time. You know, mm-hmm. like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? right? So you look backwards and you're like, oh. That was nuts. Maybe. <laughs> I shouldn't have did that. But oh well. So. Well, there's also the Midwestern, the, that sort of robust element to Midwesterners that I feel very, as coming from a Midwestern family myself, I feel very proud of that. Sort of like, yeah, we're just going to do it. We're going to do everything we yeah. need to do. And then we're just gonna 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 going to keep going. get and done, yeah. <laughs> and he was, <laughs> my brother was like, so my kids, and I, I credit this to the cheese making, but both of my kids, like my labors were relatively manageable. Mm-hmm. And um, so <laughs> my brother's like, well, it's 8.30. You could come back now. It's <laughs> like, no, I just had a kid. Like, like actually, I'm going to yeah. take the day off. <laughs> I'm and gonna, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and the next six weeks. Like, oh, we're, so not gonna, we're not going to rush this. And but, so you did take, um, like, a, a six-week maternity yes. leave? Is that what so, you've been doing? Which was really, really important to me. And this is a big piece of being able to work with my family and such an incredible team, too. Right. Um, and actually, I think it made me a better cheesemaker hmm. because of the fact that it disciplined me. I knew I wasn't going to be there. Right. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to, you know, tell everybody, okay, we got to do this next. We got to do this next. So right. I really counted on my team and it forced me to train them better and make them see the things I was seeing, understand the things I was understanding as we're making cheese hmm. so that, you know... If what if there. what if I would yeah. have had complications? What if, you know, right. it would have been a challenge, you know, then I wouldn't have been able to be there. And I didn't feel like I could just let everything that my family has worked for just kind of right. fall apart because I wasn't going to be there. And so it was, it really, really has disciplined me hmm. as a person mm-hmm. um, because I really want to spend that time with my kids. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to see them grow up. I want to be involved in what they're doing. And right. um, so like for just last January about, mm-hmm. I transitioned out of the pasteurizer operator okay. role. Um, but as the pasteurizer operator and the startup cheesemaker, um, you're starting at three o'clock in the morning, right. which was actually really great for a work-life balance for me. Because as, <laughs> as a cheesemaker, it's it's ten to twelve hour days every day, right? You know, and and owner right. type thing, you right. know. Um, but it was nice because then I was done early enough in the afternoon, right. and it I could that enjoy time. that time mm-hmm. with my kids. But um, transitioning out of that, I'm not as tired in the afternoon either. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. so what time does your day start now? Now I start. Well, it all depends what we're working on. Sometimes okay. I'll start at three. Sometimes. But a lot of times it's between six and seven. Oh, much more so, manageable. That's yes. like more in the in the realm of of the reality I know. Yeah, but but the hard thing is, is I'm an early morning person. So right. like when it gets to that afternoon, whether I start at six or seven or three, still I'm still tired in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, 
I'm ready to go home, but honey, you got to keep going because you've only been here <laughs> for eight hours, you know? Oh man. So yeah. Interesting. So, um, you know, you've, there, there are so many like good lessons that you've, that you've just shared with us on that. And do you think that, you know, I talked to a lot of people in the cheese industry, both on the production side, but also, uh, retailers and just people really interested in cheese, which is such an unusual, um, profession, you know, at any sort of link in the supply chain. Uh, but do you have any advice for women and men who are thinking about starting families, who are, who are nervous about making it all work? Do you think there's there anything that people can do if they don't have, you know, this amazing sort of familial structure to their businesses that uh, would help? I just think it's surrounding yourself with good people. Good people, you know, yeah. building a good foundation of your of your team because they're the ones that help you get through the tough times and the long days. And mm. hey, my kid is sick today, or you know, and and you treat them the way you want to be treated. And I think that's what like is so valuable about our team because it's like, oh, you wanted today off? Okay, we'll cover for you, no problem. That's great. And you never make people feel bad about it. Or hey, your kid right. is sick today. My kid might be sick tomorrow, right. you know, and you're, you're always working together on that. Um, and you know, it's really interesting. I'm going to kind of talk a little bit on the female side in the creamery, uh-huh. um, because you know, it's interesting in the state of Wisconsin, we have about 1200 licensed cheesemakers yeah. and about 60 of them are actually women. That is wild. Which is crazy. And it's, it's really an interesting thing to think about, but when you think about the work that goes into right, cheese sort of making, physical nature, the physical, of the job. yeah, exactly. And to think about doing that at, you know, an extra twenty to thirty pounds heavier, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and this like awkward belly in front of you, and <laughs> you know, and trying to do that, um, you do rely on the other, on your other, the other people in the creamery mm-hmm. to help you through that. And a big reason I think, well, a big reason that we we kind of see the difference in the men versus the women is because of the physical side of it. It mm. is a lot of work and our bodies are designed differently. Mm. But that's what's neat in our creamery is that like we have a really good balance that mm. we had um, a cheesemaker from another creamery that started by us. And the first week he was like, let me grab, look. And like, <laughs> oh, he was trying to be, sh- are you saying he was being chivalrous? Yeah, in yeah, the maker yeah. <laughs> it was so sweet though. That's great. You know, and because... <laughs> He had come from working with all men. Uh, so he, didn't, the, he wasn't used to he it. He wasn't it used like to it at all. A different world for him a little bit. <laughs> wow, was. that's so interesting. And it was so funny watching him. And now, like, he, he's comfortable. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> totally comfortable. And it's just so funny because, like, everybody, like, when guys start mm-hmm. with us, they have to go through that kind of transition stage hmm. to understand everybody's role hmm. because it's it's really interesting the different aspects and like even in the vat the way that different people will see different things like huh. like um me and one of the other girls we just really really click and like mm. we can just look at each other and just know uh, like, more, hey, more we of gotta. an intuitive communication happening there yep and it's just so funny because then then like her and I will try to explain it to one of the other cheesemakers and uh-huh. you know try to but Sometimes when you're looking at it from a female perspective versus mm-hmm. a male perspective, you just don't see it as well. So it's better to show. And Interesting. It's just, and I think, I personally think it's a really good balance because yeah. it just 
brings different aspects. And then the guys will see things differently than we do, and they'll mm-hmm. show us hmm. so that we're all on the same page because we're all looking at it from such different perspectives. It's so it's really, really neat. Really neat. And it's it's fun to hear that you have women and men in the make room. You know, cheesemakers that I've worked for mostly have been all male or maybe like one or two women who sort of uh, rotate in and out. So that's that's really neat. I think, I think uh, yeah, sounds fun. I want to come make cheese in your <laughs> <is>. make room. <laughs> and we always like laugh like, hey, why are there so many guys in here? Don't leave me alone. <laughs> but we have fun with it. We have such a such a good crew. Like like yeah. I said, building that foundation. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, so on that note. Um, in terms of one thing I was struck by doing as I was like thinking about LeClaire Farms and reading up about you guys a bit is uh, how you how you've named your cheeses. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned in the first half of the show that LeClaire is actually the mix of your dad's name, Larry, and your mom's name, Claire. Um, but also your cheeses, have, there's like grandmas involved mm-hmm. in the names. Tell us Tell us about how some of these cheeses have been named. So it was really special. Uh, my parents... When they first got married, a lot of their friends would kind of run their name together and just say LeClaire, you know? <laughs> you know, that's actually, that got super popular with hashtags and social media now. Your parents were ahead of the game. <laughs> they were, yeah. I'll <laughs> tell them they're hip. <laughs> yeah, tell them. I heard you're hip on social media. <laughs> and so when, so we had Evalon created for us. Mm-hmm. Somebody developed the recipe um, and... So when they were looking, when my mom and dad were looking to name Evalon, they wrote down, they, they, they had like two or three pages of names. Wow. Um, and Evalon was the only one that spoke to them. Huh. And it was named after my dad's grandma. Hmm. And my dad was the oldest grandkid. Uh-huh. So he was super close with the his first, grandma and yeah, grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because their oldest grandchild is Claire. And ah. which is named actually after my mom, my mom yeah. and because my sister is Anna Clara, huh. and then her daughter is Clara Anna. Wow! And my mom is Clara Anna, and her mom is Anna Clara. And, you know, <laughs> I love so this. It's just kind of fun, you know, and so it really fits into our family. Mm-hmm. So, um, and my dad was extremely close to his grandparents, mm. um, and my great grandparents. I knew my great grandparents. They lived until. Um, I was in college. Hmm. You know, wow. a lot of people don't wow. have that experience That's to, amazing. to actually grow up with them. And, yeah. you know, so there were a lot of great memories to be able to tie that into it. And then um, when we, when I was looking to create Evelyn, or Martone and Shandoka, mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to tie that family dynamic in from both sides, from my dad's side and my mom's side, and continue to kind of build off of that Evelyn. Hmm. Um, and... Evalon was so special to us. Right. Um, actually, I took Shandoka is my grandma and her my um, my grandma and her three sisters. So ah, my it's like it's like a combination of their three names exactly. Oh, I and love my that. my great grandma came up with that, and wow. that's what she named the property in which Leclerc Farms is built on today. Wow. She named that Shandoka Farms. I love it. So that's where Shandoka comes Got it. from. Interesting. So it's Charmaine and Donna and Kathy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is so wonderful. Well, I love how, first of all, like the whole family affair of it all is amazing and just and it makes me feel all the warm feels inside. <laughs> um, and then also, you know, what I'm struck by is is how how much you're it sounds like you really look for inspiration in what you do. And you know, this idea mm-hmm. that 
if you're not taken by something, then there's not as much value there. And I yep. think that's so important in, in work and life and it's just a great way to live. So It's true. And I think a lot of us look for that. Mm-hmm. We want that something that we feel good about doing every day right. and that we're, you know, passion's a big word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can't create it. Right. It's either in you or it's not. And, you know, I never realized that until, hmm. you know, you're look like you s- try to create cheeses for other people and, you, you know, you different. realize yeah. you're like, wait a second, like I really have to get into, right. into them. Something's missing otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> and just to create it, to actually like execute it appropriately. And, right. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's a lot of passion at LeClaire Farms, obviously, and I can't wait to visit. Um, Katie, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been wonderful. Thank you. And uh, listeners, you'll have to go out and check out some Evalon, some Cave-Age Shandoka, and the Martone when it's out. Mm -hmm. Um, Great. Well, I'll see you in Wisconsin, Katie. Sounds good. Thank you. (laughs) Listeners, thank you for listening. I'm Elena Santigade, and we'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. No, I've been so-